911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And I'm your co-host, Clint Walton. Today, we are excited because we are doing our very first in-person interview, and we are joined by our good friend, Mr. Juan Arnold. Juan, how are you? Pretty good. Thank you for having me here. We are so excited. We got the opportunity to spend some time with you yesterday and then again today, and you are not only here from out of state, but also out of the country, and we couldn't be more honored to share some time with you. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I love it. Cool. So if it's okay, can you take the listener a a little bit through your origin story, because you have a story to share that I think, I think that everybody could benefit from hearing. Okay. Um, well, my story go back when I was 25 years old and I was abusing uh, alcohol as a way to survive or get away from my problems. Um, this alcohol was like escape and an excuse to just get distracted. And I used alcohol a lot, was drinking from Wednesday to Sundays. And well, everything ended with a very big car accident that changed my life. So go into that car accident a little bit and kind of... What changed for you after that? Thank you. Well, this um, sometimes when we are young, we think we are invincible, invincible, and um, immortal as well. We think uh, we need to. There's no tomorrow, and we need to uh, party every every weekend. And I was doing that. The sad thing is, like, it's important to hang out with the right people when you are growing up. Because if you have bad influence in your life, that bad influence gonna take you in the wrong direction in your life. And of course, I got drunk in a party and the driver was drunk too. I was not driving the car and both of us were very drunk. When you are drunk, you don't see how drunk is the other person. When you're sober, you can notice how drunk the other person are. Um, anyway, uh, we took the car and we drove back to our home. But uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, control of the car. Well, the driver lost control of the car. And I don't remember the accident because the adrenaline is so magic that uh, just put me to sleep right away. When I wake up in the car, I was full of blood and um, I, I, was, I was curious to know, well, I was confused where uh, I was sitting. And I was in the car, I walked by, out of the car to the ambulance and um, between the alcohol and the adrenaline, I was kind of reacting funny when I have like this, uh, my forehead was a little numb and um, I didn't feel very well. Like when you put the uh, eyes, um, some part of your body just mm -hmm. get frozen. Um, that the way I felt my forehead. Later, 
I found out that, um, well, I was missing my whole forehead and um, I was uh, in a very long surgery and I was in induced coma for 36 hours um, to have the brain activity just still like a no brain activity. That way I could have a brain, a healthy brain after the fact. And when I woke up after uh, these 36 hours, um, I was not aware of, of the room or the day I thought was Sunday morning, but uh, in fact was um, Monday afternoon. And a lot of people started visiting me at the hospital. Uh, at the time I was uh, amazed uh, how many people was uh, in my life because in less than a week, and more than 500 people went to visit me to the hospital. Mm. But it was a big change mm, because, well, a lot of things changed in my, in my life after the fact, after that accident, and not only for me, uh, just for all the people around me as well. So in hearing that story and, and us knowing each other for some time and, and speaking with you about that story last night, you said the doctor came to you and said, "This, I can't even believe that you're still alive from this. That piece of your forehead just was thrown from your skull just the right way to where you were able to survive and, and not even cause any brain damage from that. What does that feel like for you? Well, I'm extremely lucky to be alive. I, I'm living a second life. I have another chance to live and to correct my life because I think I was going in the wrong direction in my life uh, using uh, alcohol and drugs. And this was a wake-up call that helped me to correct my life. Now that obviously this happened almost 20 years ago, um, now I have a family and I'm so blessed with the things I have. Without this opportunity, or without this accident, maybe it could uh, end it in a very different place. It's so amazing to see how you recovered from that, but then you're leaving out this huge portion of your life that pretty much you just packed up and left Mexico City and decided to move up to Canada. Didn't know anybody up there. You didn't know, you didn't have a job. You didn't have anything. You just packed three duffel bags and moved up there. Why did you decide to do that? Well, um, things happened well, after the accident. Uh, was, um, I'm very, a big believer of um, positive mental attitude. And um, after having this accident, the doctor told me that I need to be six months at home uh, with a big hole in, in my head. <laughs> and um, just being... Uh, uh, positive and having positive thoughts helped me the recovery to, instead of six months were three months. And after having this uh, uh, three months um, of recovery, the doctor needed to put a play in, uh, well, to cover up the, the big hole in my head. And um, of course, like the, the surgery was successful. They put the plate uh, on my play, uh, on my head. <clears throat> and one of my friends took me to the doctor to take the stitches off. 
And um, when we came back from the doctor outside my parents' place, two guys with guns approached us to steal the car. And it was a very scary moment for me because I was facing this loaded gun uh, in front of me and uh, it was a very bad experience. At the time, I was that night I decided to say, I don't, I don't want to live here uh, because like things like that happen all the time in Mexico and Mexico City. And um, I just went to Google and uh, asked for the top 10 cities to live in the world. And Vancouver, BC, Canada was ranked number one. And I decided to start everything I need to start uh, the time to, to move to Canada. At the time I was in the middle of my university and uh, I look at all the paperwork need to be completed to, to move to Canada. And obviously I need to finish my degree that I finished in 2003. And um, I even uh, learned French to have my paperwork uh, faster and have more points in the application. And um, in 2007, I, I moved to Canada by myself to start my new life. Mm. That, that's so inspiring how you were able to take something as catastrophic as that was and, and turn it into a brand new start for yourself. And I'm so appreciative that you were able to come in and share time and share our home with us. And in our next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how Juan was able to take his experience and help other people. Juan, thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you very much for your time.